seminar. Welcome to the commentary for seminar number 20. Study and original research under a member something. I think it's 24. Um, I'm the director, Marcus Beatty. I am currently alone. I will be joined in the second half of this by uh, Brian Oldham. I always think I say his last name wrong, but he never says anything to me about it. So, Brian, if I, I am saying your name wrong, yell at me because I deserve it and I mess up names all the time. Um, this show is actually fairly interesting and as I said I'm going to be alone in this first show and I apologize to all of you who have to hear me alone because I'm not half as entertaining and that lets you know how boring this will be the fun launch of our season finale is coming up here um, 24 being the last one for season 2 and then I will move into season 3 with 25 um, as my first real full season I mean I'm I, I, I still feel sort of like you know I mean Cat's shadow really hard and I mean Cat has a very strong history with the show I mean she's done fantastic work and I've I've done work that is passable apparently and this is the last time that Emma gets to uh, be our ever so loving Proctor. Um, she does so well, and I've heard the, the first instructor runs, and so far, uh, suitably impressed still with her. Emma does some great stuff for us. Um, now, the first show here is um, on a dark stretch of road, which is a, a, a fun show. That's the voice of Abner Sonera's right there. Now, I will say that I updated my Facebook profile um, while I was doing this show because of Abner's voice right here. Because I was listening to this as I was putting it all together, and all I could think of was I needed Abner to play Cooter in a Dukes of Hazard um, audio drama. Because I... I think that would, he would be hilarious. <laughs> you know I'm just joking. Well, I well, ain't. Oh, yeah? Well, what about that That's, of course, Melissa Johnson, huh? the voice of Pendant, pretty much. She has a lot of, a lot of little roles in Seminar all the time for me, and I love having her in them. Because she, she... That's a great laugh. I love that laugh. You'll hear that laugh come up again, and, and that one too, because I've actually saved both of those off into a separate section for use if I need group laughter. Uh, what I can't say is a, a lot of stuff that I've been keeping and storing is um, little stuff like that for filler line, basically. Hey, Felipe, what can I get you? I'll take a shiner. Bottle or draft? Bottle and uh, start a tab. You got it, honey. So, how you been, man? And I don't do a bottle sound there, and I know people are going to wonder why, because she never comes back. She leaves and never comes back. So, I, I really couldn't do anything with her. I'm sorry, Melissa. How's your brother doing? Good. It's like she died. She's fine. She's very healthy. I hope. You are, right? Call me. 
<laughs> God. This is why I don't do this alone, in case you're wondering. Unfortunately, the writer for the show couldn't join me. Otherwise, I'd be doing it with them. And um, But, uh, yeah, so... I opened this with a... Since it's in a bar, I opened it with a, a high-beat country song. And I kept it upbeat because when we go to the flashback sequence... Um, where, he, where he's telling the story, basically. Um, we go into a spot where I'm, I'm really bringing creepiness. So I wanted to bring the, keep it up in the opening so that when you're, you're not expecting the story that's going to come. And the song, actually, the background music actually falls out at, like, the perfect moment to move into the... To move into the uh, flashback so I was really really happy that I was able to pick a single track to put in here but the dialogue in this is so cool it was hard to put music under it I knew I had to to fill it out but it was rough to decide to actually how to place the music and so I really dimmed it down more than I normally do to go ahead and drag it back a bit um Forget about it. No, really, man. Tell me. Well, okay, I guess. Well, something strange happened to me on the road as I was coming. Do you hear the song come I down now? As it's gonna slowly uh, get right end here. To do with anything I said. Wait, just, just wait a second. Oh, all right, my bad. Go on. Well, that closes out, and then here we go into the crossfade. As we move out, and then we move into this, and the song ends like at a perfect point. And I was so, so in love that I picked like the right amount of music. It was actually a hard selection process for the first track because I had like nine country song, country style songs. And I know I've said this before, but the, when you hear when you're inside a car in seminar, you're actually inside my car. Uh, which is a, a Saturn view. I actually drove down the road and held a microphone up in the center of the car while I was driving to work and back from work. I did it for like three days, so I had like two hours of this blank audio, basically, of just a hollow car sound. I'm driving with no radio on. I had my headphones on, so actually, if and it was weird because I actually tried my portable mic as a Zoom, and I, I used it on... Um, the first day I went, I used it on low gain, and I came back on low gain. And the second day, I met up to the medium gain, and then the third day, I went to the high gain. On the medium and high gain, it was actually picking up my headphones. So, <laughs> there's actually a very weird music track buried inside the car sounds, which is weird if you talk about it like I do. This is currently being recorded on the medium setting. I hope. If I hit the right button. Damn it! It ain't here! Where the hell did I put that? Oh, shoot! Those dogs aren't fenced! Sounds like a whole pack of them! Man, I ain't going outside with a pack of wild dogs running loose. And here I had a lot of ambience, so I was very careful because I didn't want to go ahead and have too much music. So the music is actually brought in and out. It's not always there. 
And then I kill the rain. I go straight to just like these ghostly sounds with the gunfire. And I'm hoping I pulled this off okay. And we get this noise coming in. Now the writer had actually chosen um, an interesting uh, a song from an artist to be here. But after I did my little uh, uh, search for copyrighted songs, this happened to fall into that listing. So I found this track, which was creepy. And that's why I went with it. I thought that, the, especially with the, uh, the, the, with the little vocal at the beginning and then the, the odd guitar type style, I thought it would be cool. It was a black dude. I bet his skin wasn't black like yours, man. This dude's skin was gray. And, and Felipe's actually Bill Young, who does a lot of stuff. He's in the, he's in the Star Wars stuff, I think, that uh, Pendant does. Not that I listen to it. No, I do, honest. I listen to all of Pendant's shows. Okay. <laughs> You'll get that joke in the second half, maybe. Thing you saw was a slave. A slave? What do you mean, a slave? Well, a slave, man. A slave, just like in the past when there was slavery. The funny part was having listening to him do that S grouping. I had to really carefully edit the lines because he had a few where he just like, I think Abner was slobbering all over himself because I mean it was like sloshing in his mouth. It was it was funny to listen to. I think I saved a few for the the bloopers reel, which I'll um, put together. I got a lot. It's actually closer to twenty years. Now I've seen and experienced some strange things. But I still love this voice. I think this voice is just insane. Um, there were some sequences I couldn't pull off um, where he had him like drinking a beer or something just before I just could, the, the sound effects I had and what I could fully I couldn't get the sound that I wanted so I just wound up moving through with vocals and with pauses um, to get the effect a little bit I think I had the pacing right the hard part was um, when Felipe goes out of here, my running sound was a little bit much, and I couldn't get it to slow down right. Um, so I actually did a little bit of a walk pace, but I bring us out of it a little bit quicker, and I, I changed some of the transitions that he had originally written in the script to go ahead and make the transitions easier. Um, and, and actually a little bit smoother, I think, because... They would have been fairly awkward um, to do certain elements of it. But I love the conversations in this because it gives you the plot, it gives you the story without boring you, which I think is the hardest part. Um, the hardest part of, of any show really is you have to you have to give the story, you have to give exposition, and in an audio drama, there's only one way to do it. You have to talk. Um, 
Uh, you can pull some off through effects, but for the most part, you, you have to have conversation. But this one does it so smoothly. It gives, like, the history. It gives everything along with it without boring you. Un unlike me. And this is my third time recording the commentary. I want to let you guys know. Well, at least this portion of it. The first time, uh, my, my son decided to come over and uh, start talking into the microphone. Which, you know, you can guess led to some stimulating conversation. And I, I still have that recording. That's for sale. No. You can have it on a t-shirt. That'd be funny. Put the file on a t-shirt. Ooh, I wonder if you can do that. And I slow down the music a little bit. Let me be. Uh, then what? Well, then he's supposed to leave you alone. Then he's supposed to leave me alone? Yes, yeah, sir. That horse is when you've heard the show a lot. You gotta go deliver him out of Dixie and into But I wrapped the show up with bringing the music up, and I'm hoping that the ending came out the way I wanted it. I, I still hear it, but mm, I don't know. It's gonna be a rough piece to see come to a close. Um, but. In just a few minutes here, we're going to be rotating over to the second half of this uh, commentary where it'll be me and Brian, and we'll be talking about his new serial. Uh, this is chapter one of the serial. Um, it's a four-parter. How did you know that? And it's going to be, I think it's, 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 it's actually a very good story, um, so don't be afraid of the second story. It, it seems awkward, but it leads up to some, some fantastic stuff. But this show was a lot of fun to do because it was, it was creepy, it was dark, it was um, it was a really neat story. I mean, when you think about it, it's a great folk story type thing. And that's, I try to use, that's why I try to use a folky type sound into the music um, and into the gunfire. The gunfire is like muskets, and there we go, fading as we run them out. And Abner gave me some great takes on. He gave me like three takes on that, and it was each time he's a little bit further away from the mic, so he gives me a, a, a natural echo that I was able just to go ahead and dim down and play with just a little bit. I had a little bit of a reverb, and I compressed it a little bit. Now here, the, the in the script, it was written to skid the tires, but I didn't really have one that sounded good on gravel, so I did like he's dry. He's already driven away, and he's going down the road. And then we move into the, the cliffhanger. But uh, I want to thank you for listening to this part of the commentary. If you've made it this far, congratulations. You have won the ability to listen to the second half of the commentary. If you didn't make it this far, then I'm probably not talking to you right now. So, thank you for not telling me you didn't listen all the way through. But if you did listen all the way through, uh, enjoy your prize, which is me and Brian coming up right after these messages. The Umcat Express card. Don't leave Rome without it. There we go. Welcome to part two of Seminar 24's ever so lovely commentary. Joining me right now is the writer and the man I will be stuck with for the next at least two episodes, three episodes. The web panda himself joins me again, Brian Oldman. Hold All on. right. Um, yeah. Uh, first, I, I have to bow at the altar of Cat because I noticed that before before she even starts talking about 
the episode, she mentions the word time three times in the instructor's dialogue. It's like um, she she really keyed into that as an important element in the story. No, I didn't even notice that. I didn't notice the whole time thing until you just said it. Now I'm listening to the instructor here, and I'm like, oh, wow, he's right. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, and uh, it's called Time's Quartet. Uh, this is something that, that is explained in um, Part 3, but uh, one of Mort's other names is Kronos, which means time in Greek. So, And he's a watchmaker and... And this is part of this is the first part of a four-part serial that is running for the next four episodes, basically it seems. Yes, and um, assuming that everyone has heard the episode before the commentary, it's four episodes because it's the four horsemen. It was not for hospitality, Agent McBride, as you have no tea. Mort, just Mort. Now, I gotta say, first of all, do you like the opening theme I gave it? I want to make yes. Because that's going to be the opening theme of all four episodes right there. You, you just oh, heard. Man. I actually renamed the file to Time Quartet <laughs> Theme. <laughs> that's great. Well, I loved all the foley you put in and the music because I'm actually uh, very sparse with uh, sound effects cues and music cues. Um, so I love that you really brought it alive with the the music and the telephone ringing and all, all of the sounds, like when she's flipping through the report right now, and it's like, you know, you, you, you matched... I, I could imagine how thick that dossier was. You know, it's like a four-inch <laughs> dossier she's reading. Um, and that was the weird part for me, because it was two people in a room, and uh, Paul Lavelle and Melissa Hearn do a, did a fantastic job um, in this particular show. And I, I, I will say now, Paul Lavelle was my second choice of voice actors. And now that I've heard him do it, I was amazed at how much I was like, oh, wow, how did I make him the second choice that I grabbed? Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, and I was blown away also by both of these performances. It's such a contrast because um, uh, Mel is so passionate in her character. Um you know, the you can tell from her name, Rosa McBride, that she's she's Latina and Irish, and um, and she has some very personal interest in this story. And Mort is completely calm, completely relaxed. You know, um, and I, I love that Paul delivered this very subtle, sly humor when it could have been delivered scenery chewing. Mm-hmm. Well, the best part is her outburst, but he stays calm, and it's yes. it's, it's such a smooth piece b- because of that. It's it's really amazing because she she gets these great moments to outburst, and and Melissa uses them very well. Oh yeah, I actually flinched in my seat when when I heard it. She has two outbursts in the scene, and I was like, "Ooh, scary mouth." <laughs> Um, and, and he and he but he but he he stays calm and precise throughout it, which was beautifully beautifully done because it really sets him off that nothing nothing gets to him. Yes, he's calm, and he's collected, he knows what he's doing. Even when he talks about how angry he is with his brother's behavior, he's still 
a code. His voice is very controlled. How did you know? Um, it was it was really amazing. I actually had to hear this several times because the first few times I heard it, I just kept getting wrapped up in the performances. <laughs> yeah, and I will say this almost ran with no music in it, only because when I was um, putting the episode together. Um, I was so taken by the performance and, and how I was able to get the room ambient with the voices. and I looked at the music selections that I had, and I, I, I was like, I so want to run this with nothing in it. And it was like a last-minute decision to actually slide a music track onto it. Mm-hmm. And I love also how it starts with music when it seems like just two people in a room, and then when things get tense, you drop out the music. Yeah. And then you bring the music back in when things get when when things start to resolve for this particular story. Yeah, because well, two people in a room. I had to do something. So at one point, you even hear her get up, and she moves away a little bit mm-hmm. as she's collect. Because you did have moments of of her collecting herself, but I couldn't keep the lines that were attached to those sequences in only because the line didn't sound right. Mm-hmm. Or it was it was a little bit lower, and bringing it up really ruined it. Mm-hmm. So instead, I just took pauses at those moments to go ahead and give a um, a, a, a feel of her breathing and relaxing herself, and then she moves back into the sequence. Yes, yes, and it really showed a, a dynamic range. Her, her it's it's almost like a duet they're doing, where he's like a cello. He's He's just very even and calm, and she's more like a violin or a flute, and she's all over the place, all over the scale. Um, I listen a lot. I wonder if the audience is one... uh, At the end of this, I leave it unclear whether or not Mort really is deaf. Um, Should I answer that for the audience? No, 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 we'll save that for the fourth part. (laughs) <laughs> okay. We'll make them listen to. They're gonna have to listen to all the commentaries because okay. we're not giving them a whole lot of stuff. Right. But, well, I just but did so I have to wonder now, where did this script come from for you? Well, okay. I hear little voices in my head all the time. Um, it's it's true. It's um, imaginary people, and I just let them talk. And so I heard, and I will admit, ex voice fan. You know, it's it's we have a female. MD FBI agent. So Rosa Rosa McBride was based somewhat on Dana Scully. Um, and if you could imagine Scully sitting down to talk to someone, and Mort just said what he said. He sh- showed himself to be this person. Um, and uh, so it's almost like I'm leaning in a corner of this room just listening to this interview uh, and that happens a lot with me like uh, with last month uh, it started with me just eavesdropping on um, on Cat and Bill you know on the characters they play um, and so once I knew he was deaf um, you know more um, I, I started looking at, at a couple of Bibles you know I looked, read it in English and read it in Latin and that's how I got the names, um, and started sort of planning ahead. There are seeds planted, um, such as there are, uh, when this was being edited, 
all, all, all four parts. I had both Jeffrey and Marley say, well, there's something happening here I don't understand. And I'd have to go, well, I'm explaining that in part three. Because, <laughs> you know, when, when you're writing a serial, uh, like right now, Mort is talking about how she's an MD, she's a scientist, not a field agent. He can tell that. Um, so I had a lot of fun slowly rolling out the information, um, which was actually, it was a great exercise in uh, balancing the content in each episode. So the episodes were standalone, yet part of something bigger. Uh, that was a challenge that Marley helped me out with a lot. You really nailed down, and I mean, I, as a person who's read up to part three so far, and I can't wait to read part four of this. Um, I can honestly say that your writing in this, I, I can even see the progression in the writing of the story for, from from my perspective of how much better this actually becomes. I mean, this is a fantastic episode, in and of itself, vocally, between the actors and the writing. Mm-hmm. But it even gets even better. As the parts go on. Well, thank you for that. I'm actually there are there are two scripts that I've written that I'm actually really proud of, and part three of this serial is one of them. I'm gonna tease them. They have to show up again in April, <laughs> the audience, um, uh, because um, that's sort of the um, uh, it's Agent McBride is sort of a, a female James Bond in Vera Wang. <laughs> Um, oh, and I love how um, I, I love his delivery. It's it's so subtle, teasing. Uh, yeah, I, go ahead. Well, I took a long pause there between the beginning and the end of that line from Melissa, and I took a longer pause than I thought I was going to. <laughs> Yeah, because but, I I wait for it like to come back to people because they're all sitting there waiting as she asks that question and then as she she says the line and then he goes how did he know and then it just ticks out. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, and he's toying with her. That's something that was interesting to me about Mort as I heard him in my head is he seems so polished and so sweet, but he's got his own agenda. Um, you know, giving her this watch that's a replica of the one that she buried her mother in. And it's just, it, it's a fantastic little quick two-person piece mm-hmm. that really sets up the rest of the episodes. Yes. Uh, well, that, that's why it's called Prelude. Prelude, um, yes. Yes. <laughs> it's and not a so, car. It's not a car. <laughs> no. It's, 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 I imagine it as setting up the chessboard and reading the rules, because that's what really happens in this one, is we set the game rules. It's, we have uh, Mal Luis, which means bad disease, and uh, Terry Thames Terrafama, which means world hunger, and Peter Bellum, which means rock of war. So, there you are. Yes, and also in this episode, we get to hear the exclusion of some students. Yeah, Kat killed herself. Yes, or, she, she wrote herself out. <laughs> and then I did my own little things here with fun little voice ways of doing things. Yeah. Uh, but, and, and this one will actually put us into hiatus. We'll be in hiatus, so part two will come in April and part three will come in May. Yes. 
because March is our hiatus month, and this will be just before hiatus for us. And the next part will be alongside uh, Agent McBride goes to Hawaii, and that will be paired with Marley's Tea and Terrorism. Yes. Yes. That's yes, so, and script. and those are ones you gotta look forward to, folks, because it's gonna be fantastic. So we're gonna wrap up this commentary. Thank you again, Brian, for joining me, and you will be back in the future. Oh yes, I will. So why don't you say goodbye to everybody? All right, goodbye, and remember, seminar needs scripts. Kenzie Bishop as the radio announcer, and Jovian Lab as Old Jesse, written by Juan Carlos Urista. In Times Quartet, Part 1, Melissa Hearn as McBride, and Paul Lavelle as Mort, written by Brian Martinez Oldham. Directed by Marcus Beatty, written by Catherine Pride, edited by Jeffrey Bridges. Seminar theme by David Alexander McDonald, produced by Pendant Productions. This production is copyright 2009, Pendant Productions. Seminar co-created by Catherine Pride and Jeffrey Bridges, copyright 2009, Pendant Productions. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.